It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. It's the Bengals and UC Football Edition. Former UC quarterback and NFL quarterback Tony Pike with me here, fieldside at Paul Brown Stadium. As the Bengals get set for a uh, final practice before they take a day off, your impressions of the first three or four days, if, if there's anything that's really stood out for you? Well, the, the hardest part, obviously, is you're just starting to see these guys get into pads. So once the pads come on, the things you look at for, for camp to expose themselves, obviously the offensive line and what Frank Pollock's doing up there, and it's a much more aggressive style up front. Last year you saw the offensive line retreating a little bit, just trying to hold them back. This offensive line group, they're going to attack. So that's something I've been I've been zoomed in on, and and obviously I think the the skill positions, our, our depth at wide receiver, uh, it, it's crazy to see one on ones and seven on sevens, just continuous plays being made by guys up and down the roster. It's not just the AJ Greens, it's Auden Tate, uh, you know John Ross making plays, Tyler Boyd, Josh Malone, Alex Erickson. Yeah, the list just keeps going on and on. The the disconnect obviously still falls when you see the team sessions. There's not many of those big plays. Because you haven't been able to see the live football, and there's a lot of transition at the offensive line. So that, that to me, is, is what stood out the most is how can we transition now into, into these team sessions and, and get the same look we see from our skill guys. Uh, Tony, there, there's, let's jump to that wide receiver group because there is so much depth there. What, what might it mean for Brandon LaFell? Is, is he on the ropes? I think it has to. I think, you know, the, the one good thing you see from LaFell when you watch out here at practice is he's constantly training up and helping the young guys. So it's a situation where he's not – bitter about playing time or worried about what he's going to do. He's out here trying to push back and, and give back to these young receivers, but you have to think of the emergence of Tate and and what he's bringing to the table as a big physical receiver and how good Tyler Boyd and John Ross and this whole list of characters has been. you got to think that he has to do something in camp to show a little bit more, and obviously for him it's easier, I won't say easier, but it's a situation where if he were to be let go, he's going to catch on somewhere because of his resume been on a Super Bowl team as opposed to one of these younger guys. So it's going to be a tough decision to see how they handle this wide receiver. Right before we walked out here to, to see this practice, got the news that Tyler Eifert Ryan Hewitt have passed physicals, both expected to practice today. I wrote a piece the other day about Tyler Eifert, when the time comes that he gets back into playing, that maybe it would be for the best that he becomes a specialist, a red zone specialist, a third and seven specialist. And maybe in the fourth quarter he plays the whole fourth quarter whatever, but the point being, take some snaps away from him. Give the heavy lifting to Tyler Croft on first and second down. Make him be the guy blocking on linebackers, right. blocking on defensive ends. Agree or disagree? And, and I would say this. There's no way he can be an 85-90% a game right. snap guy anymore. Right. Well, we saw, I mean, last year Tyler Croft was, was great in the time that he was in there and, and filling in. So, for me, I look at what does Tyler Eiffel do great. He's a great red zone receiver. The red zone touchdown numbers have jumped out over the years. And he's great on third down because he creates that matchup nightmare. He's never been the best interior blocker. He's never been the best run blocker. And when you factor in back problems over a career, the last thing you want to do is be leaning on a guy that's bigger and stronger than you. You don't want to have him to be cut back or, or try to block a defensive lineman or a linebacker on the blitz. I love the, the idea, especially early on in the year, of trying to, to limit his snaps into the, the snaps where he becomes a weapon. And not just a weapon, but when we talk about with John Ross, a decoy to take a double team away from A.J. Green in the red zone to open up running lanes for Mixon or, or uh, uh, Giovanni Bernard. So to me, I, I think you limit it. And then as the season goes on, if he starts feeling better and better and you feel more confident, let him get more snaps and, and try, to, try to increase maybe by the end of the season where he's playing 85 90% of the game. But starting off, you, you really hope that 
you know, especially practices like this today, you don't want to see him hand down on the dirt, blocking the interior alignment. Let him go out there and does what he does what he do, uh, does best. He talked to a, a group of media members the other day. I was one of them, and he talked about he's actually down to 250 pounds. He played about 265 last year, and he said he doesn't think he needs to be that big to block. But I think the reverse is, hey, you're down to 250. That's all the more reason for you not to have to block a lot on first and second downs. Right, that's, that's smart. And, and being down 15 pounds, that's obviously going to you know create more explosiveness for him. The ability to separate from linebackers and safeties and coverage, and what you see. The, the instances, the tight end position is unique in a way that you don't need to be a tight end that's pancaking guys six yards down the field. A lot of times for a tight end... Just get a piece. Yeah, you're the, you're the backside blocker. All you got to do is get in the way of the guy and don't get, you know, absolutely trucked. So if you get a piece of him backside and the backside end can't make the play, you've done your job as a tight end. So if he's in blocking scenarios, you hope it's just that where it's just delivering a forearm to an edge rusher to, to prevent or slow down. Uh, being able to make a play backside on a running play. Uh, you were a quarterback, so let's talk some quarterbacks. Andy Dalton's looked fairly sharp in this camp. We haven't seen him. Uh, there's an emphasis on the deep ball. We haven't seen him loaded up a, a lot. Have you seen any difference in him? Is is it something that, that really he is what he is? Yeah, I, I think at this point you know what you're going to get out of Andy Dalton. I think the the more eye-opening thing is uh, you know what we had in A.J. McCarron last year that you, you can visibly see right now when he goes to the second and third team, both Matt Barkley Jeff Driscoll, Logan Woodside's not really getting any rest, but you see those two, there's just not the same level of consistency that we had with A.J. McCarron last year. So while I think Dalton's been really sharp this camp, I have seen the emphasis on the deep ball, not just in one-on-ones, but in seven-on-sevens and in any passing drill to where, hey, we're going to be an aggressive offense. We're going to get the ball down the field. Uh, you want to see more and more of that from Andy Dalton because of the weapons we have to take the top off the defense. Uh, but for him, it, it's just as these live practices continue, just seeing that level of comfort. Last year, I think I think we saw that, you know, starting to make up ghost a little bit where the offensive line was so bad at times yeah. that the ball's coming out earlier. It's a mental game. So for him, I think the physical part's there. You know, if you don't have the, the 70 yard passing, you can still quicken up the footwork and throw the ball 50 yards and still work on your timing. But for me, I think it's a mental aspect of, hey, this is what we're going to have in the offensive line. Get over that little mental hurdle and then continue to do your job. It's probably true of a lot of NFL teams. When you go to the backup, it's usually a big drop-off. It probably wasn't a huge drop-off with A.J. McCarron here. He won some key games in a, in a playoff year. It feels like this time around, though, neither Matt Barkley nor Jeff Jeff Driscoll would be any kind of long-term answer if something happened to Andy Dalton. Yeah, to me, it, it would be a, a panic mode right away if something were to happen to Dalton. And, you know, you look at last year's Super Bowl champs with, you know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Uh, Carson Wentz going down, Nick Foles coming in, leading the team to a Super Bowl championship. So, but Nick Foles had won some games right, and done some right. things in this league. Yeah, but, and, and, no offense, neither one of these guys right, have and done. You saw it, like right. you said, AJ McCarron, you know, was was a few snaps away from leading this team to a, a playoff win, something that we haven't had with Andy Dalton at the time. So, for me, it's it's the emergence of let's get these guys as many reps that came as possible. If not, what's out there on the market? Because if you get into the season and something were to happen to Andy Dalton, worst case scenario where it's more than just a series or a game he's going to miss, you'd certainly think that you're going to have to find an option out there that's got the game experience that can come in. Because make no mistake about it, offensive line problems aside, this is a team with a lot of weapons on offense. In the backfield, receiving core, Tyler Eifert. Uh, and they're going to compete on defense with, with a lot of skilled players there. So, you know, any any loss of a guy like Andy Dalton would be Devastating. No, no, no question. Like All right, well, I got you a couple minutes on, on UC football practice right around the corner. Do you expect a giant step forward this year for, for, for this group, or is it still baby steps and it's going to take a while? To me, this this team this year needs to, to make a bowl game. And 
And when you when you look at this Bearcat team, to me the offseason jumps out at you because every 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 box you wanted to see checked in the offseason has been checked. The recruiting's back. Uh, the the strength and conditioning program that they're doing is amazing. These guys are coming in in great shape, but. To, to look at the jump that you'd need to make from last year to this year, I think a bowl game would be great. And I think the new redshirt rule helps. I think these guys, the, the young guys coming in, being able to play four games, that's great for experience. That's great for these coaches being able to throw some guys in there. Uh, but there's still the answer to the quarterback position uh, that, that need to be addressed, and hopefully those get addressed in camp. Uh, but this is a, a team that if they make a bowl game, I, I think it's a step in the right direction because the, the recruiting pipeline, Seems to be open back up. What do you like most about this team on both sides of the ball? What, what aside from the quarterback, because it's still unsettled? What, what are a couple of areas that you go? Okay, this has to get better in the fall in order for them to start winning some games. And the schedule, other than UCLA early, right. is fairly favorable. Yeah, I, I love the running back position. Yeah. They, they have skill up and down at the running back position. My, my biggest concern is skill players at, at wide receiver. And when you match those two together, whether it's Hayden Moore or another guy on that roster. As much as you need the quarterback to play well, you got you need guys that can get open. And and the biggest thing you saw last year is teams would just start going man to man, right? And and they would bring more than you can block. And the receiving core wasn't able to get that separation. So can can there be an emergence on on the offensive side of the ball at camp at receiver and defensively? You you love the secondary that they're putting together, uh, a secondary that that wants to force turnovers. And when you have struggles on offense like we've seen, that can help. <laughs> you know, making the turnovers or three and outs on defense or on defense where the opposing team's defense now gets a little fatigue as the game goes on mix in the good running game that UC is going to have I think that's a recipe for success this year try to get some long drawn out drives not so many three and outs let our defense rest and and hopefully it's a like I said a, a big jump and a favorable schedule this year Tony appreciate the time man thanks very much no problem buddy. that's Tony Pike former UC quarterback and NFL quarterback this has been the skinny podcast presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati